welcome to Erskine Arts Podcast Episode 9. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you hit the subscribe button, ring the bell for notifications on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google. Make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast to be notified when new ones go live. So welcome to Episode 9. Um, with us today we've got a couple of members of our crew and we've got some very special guests who, if you'd like to introduce yourselves now, gentlemen. I'm Brendan. From the Twilight Zone. Yeah, well done. Uh, <laughs> I was going to leave that bit for you. Uh, <laughs> this is Brendan. Uh, and my name's James. I am in the Twilight Zone as well. Very good. Thanks for coming down. And our crew guys, would you like to say hello? Hello. Hello. <laughs> good job. Um, yeah, so thanks for coming down. Um, well, why do you just give a wee bit of introduction? I'm sure everyone watching or listening uh, knows who you are. Really? But maybe. <laughs> I'm quite sure. <laughs> uh, uh, if you want to give some background. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, my name's James, I'm the singer in the band, uh, and I started the band with uh, Andy, who's our guitarist, about 15 years ago, and I went to school with Andy, and we've released five albums, uh, it's really miserable, yeah. kinda, <laughs> uh, miserable music about... Uh, I, I write the lyrics and the melodies as well, the vocal melodies, and uh, I use the music as a form of, I don't know, it might say therapy in a way, where I talk about things in my life that I find hard to talk to in everyday life, uh, to get it off my chest kind of as a kind of cathartic uh, thing, instead of bottling it all up and keeping it inside, which is not a good thing. Um, so yeah, that's what I do in the band. Um, yeah, we've been doing it for 15 years and I still can't believe we've been doing it for 15 years and we've got five albums and I like to say we're the cockroach of the Scottish music scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What about you? I'll tell you about me. <laughs> I, uh, I play keyboards in the band and I have been hanging around with Miserable Andy, James... And Johnny, who plays bass, since about 2012, I believe. Amazing. Um, and we're friends, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah I, pro I probably should mention that part yeah. as well. We're not just professional. We pals first. Uh, we yeah. pals. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that it was interesting in the description of the band, certainly some of the things, and the, the brief chats that we've had prior to today, the, 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 the podcast happening, some of the chat that we've had, it's kind of touched on the things that you've mentioned there. Mm -hmm. And I think that, at the heart of it for me, that's what the sad is about. Because there's a there's a core there. It's an emotional thing, and however however that is, <clears throat> however that resonates with the individual, at the very heart, it is a really emotional response. Yeah, I, I think that's why we're still here. If you know what I mean, like, um, I think people like us because well, one, they think the music's alright, um, but within that, there's a message as well. Um, and the thing is, we're not writing about anything that's any that, that's any different to anybody else. What we're going through is the same thing that everybody's going through. As life is up, has its ups and downs, and I like to focus on the darker side of it, but the, in in a positive way, if you know what I mean. I think it's important, like I was saying, to, to talk about these things because I think in the past, maybe my mum and dad's generation and stuff like that was, uh, you kind of keep it inside and just get on with, it, you know, whether that's. I was going to swear there, but I'm not going to. <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> uh, whereas I think our generation has started to to really kind of notice that 
we need to talk to each other and talk about things. And uh, I didn't know that's what, when I started writing music, that that's what I was doing. I was just doing it because it felt like I had to do it. But as it's go, as the band's progressed and as people have kind of got into us and uh, understood what it's about, they've shared that with us as well. And it seems like it's a kind of real kind of community that's kind of came together. Where, to be honest, it was just a bunch of pals writing music to be to begin with. And that's that, I think that's the way everybody should yeah. kind of start with it. You know, like like this this place we're in just now, just walking in the door and seeing all the guitars and the the drums and everything, and thinking if I had that when I was younger, it would have been amazing. There would have been so many other avenues for, for uh, kids like me in Kilsyth, where I grew up in Kilsyth. Um, no, I didn't. I'm from Banton. Don't it's very different. It's very different. <laughs> um, but I went to school in Kilsyth. Um And I think it's like, uh, what was, the, I mean, if this was available to us when we were younger, I think it would have been amazing. But it wasn't, and that's what uh, drew me and Will Andy, the guitarist, mm -hmm. together. And it's... Brendan and our, friend, our friendship started through music as well so all my friendships and all my the important things in my life have came through music and through a community that likes music and um, that's that's pretty much that's shaped everything I've done and I think that comes through in the music as well and people see that when they come to see us and they kind of get to know us that it's not just about Spotify plays or uh, how many likes you get on a photo and all that stuff. It's more important than that. It's Those things are good for getting in touch with people and people understanding what you do, but it's when you're in a room with somebody, uh, be it your friends or a, a group of people at a gig, that's when the real kind of special feelings happen. And to me, what, I don't know, what what this band is all about. I think that, you know, it's a, a community. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, that feels like what what we have here, even as staff. But you guys, I mean, you, you hear James speaking about, he just walked into the project for the first time and he's kind of summed up what it's about. And you can see the similarity of James and Andy meeting at school and starting a music. That's really similar to where you guys are just now. Yeah. Yeah, um, me and Lewis first met through, like, this project, mm -hmm. uh, like, four years ago. And we were put in, like, a band together for a performance and then we yeah, and basically, just kind of, what do you like? You're like, what do you like? What do you like? And then just got into new new music through each other and stuff. Like yeah. that. I mean, that's that's how my friendships kind of started with everybody. To be honest, like anybody I like, if they didn't like the things I like, then embrace everybody. Everybody's nice. It seems like quite a Scottish way of dealing with your emotions as well, like like or our emotions, I guess, and uh, that we're not necessarily known for being particularly expressive or being able to say how we feel but uh, there's something about being in a sort of being in a band and and being with a group of friends who have similar interests and are like-minded and then making music that you're all into there's something in that in that that's I don't know really expressive I guess uh, in its own way and I think uh, aye, that's the part that I enjoy about it and that, that we particularly enjoy about it and for us, it's it's amazing to have that feeling and then then play in front of people who who can relate to that and that also feel a similar way. That's the part that I think when when you're doing something and it actually you see that it's connecting with other people, mm -hmm. that's the part that 
I guess that's the satisfying part. That's the most satisfying part for for me. Anyway. And, and that that's like, he's Brennan is totally right there. But at the same time as well, it's like, it doesn't even matter how many people. Like we're lucky that we've been able to do this for what, I don't know, like fifteen years now, and it's more we've we've kind of worked at it really hard. You need to work really hard at it, because um, it's not came it's not came easy. Whatever kind of moderate form of success that we've had. But it doesn't matter. We've been. You can take it back tomorrow. We could play a gig in front of fifty people. But if it's fifty people in a a room that really care about what you're doing, you still get that that yeah. kind of that feeling. You know, like we're we're lucky that we've been able to do that. Like play in front of like like play play for fifteen years now. But if you took, as I said to somebody the other day, is like if you took if, if it ended tomorrow, I'd still write music and I'd still go and perform in some sort of way and it wouldn't matter how many people were there but it's just because the most important thing is the creating of it and the, the friendship and the kind of camaraderie of yeah. it and the, the, the being able to express yourself uh, so it doesn't matter how many people or how many what size of venues you're playing, it's just important to do it I think. We, we played a gig uh, a few weeks ago um, and I, 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 like James was saying in terms of the number of people you play in front of it varies and it doesn't really uh, matter a lot of the time. Um, we played this particular gig, and it wasn't particular as as well sold as some of the other shows. It wasn't as as necessarily full as the other shows, but there was a wee guy standing outside the venue when uh, Johnny and I, the bass player, uh, and I came back from uh, wandering around the town in Oslo, I think it was. Oh, and he'd it was his first ever gig, and he was standing outside waiting uh, to chat to one of us. And um, and at the end of school that day as well, school no, that day, school. and it was his first ever gig, and you know that see chatting to that guy, it was like that was the that was the best thing that had happened in <laughs> days, and it was it was amazing. Yeah. And I, I introduced to you uh, introduced him to you yeah. at the end of the gig. I was like, you need to meet this this oh, guy. Amazing. It was it was uh, it was, it was really a, nice. give give a shout out as well, John. I dedicated a song. Oh yeah, yeah so you did. And, uh, it was it was just amazing to see the look on somebody's face. Like it, like Ben said, it wasn't a big gig. There wasn't there wasn't that many people there, but the, the, that's what made it amazing. That connection and the fact that somebody went, like probably going to get into a lot of trouble the next day for skipping school. But <laughs> and, and uh, their friend, their friend at the end of the night after everyone was sort of leaving, uh, I I I watched the the uh, the, the guy's pal kind of going. He was waiting to get something signed or whatever, and I saw the guy's pal like get annoyed at him for, hang, for hanging about. And the, and the wee guy's pal stormed off. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's shocking!" So I, I ran over and, and grabbed them. But no, it was, it was. There's wee moments like that are amazing, and yeah, I, I think when you strip back all the other stuff with it, about being in a band, that's the important thing. And I kind of said it the other night. We played like our biggest gig we'd played ever two weeks ago or something like that, and. The one thing that was important is that, like you guys are talking about, that you guys met through through this, yeah. you became pals through it. I said on the stage, the best thing about this is that I'm doing it with my friends, and you wouldn't want to do it with anybody else apart from that. Because, yeah, it still feels it feels strange that we're able to do this. So, but the fact there's loads of ups and downs, like any job that you would you're, you'll have, you're good, you're bad. Um, but if you surround yourself with good people, then it just makes it even more special and we've, we've spoken about it quite a lot like i can't imagine uh 
you know, because there are ups and downs and it is grueling a lot. Some of the time it's hard work, but I can't imagine doing it uh, and not not doing it with people who are my friends that I'm close to because, like, that's, that is the best part about it, like, uh, doing it with your friends and experiencing whatever it is you're experiencing, even if it's the rubbish times that inevitably happen, still experiencing that when it comes to, like, the high that might happen at a, another stage, doing all of that with people that you care about, that you love spending time with. I mean, there's never a time when... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say there's never a time when we can't, like, inject some sort of fun or humour into, what, like, hanging out. Mm. Uh, and that, that for me, is, like, one of the... Sort of another uh, great thing about it, so... There seems to be a, there's a really... in, in music... The real extremes of some of the best music is produced by bands who either they really loathe one another and something incredible comes out of that, even if it's a momentary thing. Like, I was pointing to like Astro Weeks with Van Morrison, or like Rumours by Fleetwood Mac yeah. or whatever, like the, the, the music that's born of that situation. But at the other end, having such close friendships and you're, you're in a band with your really good friends, it can embolden you to take a chance that you wouldn't have otherwise, or it supports you. And making that that those steps in music, you know, and you guys have that, and I think that extends out to your audience as well. Yeah. Um, like I, one of the the best shows I've ever seen was the last Barrowlands gig that you done, and your your voice, your yeah. throat was pretty sore, and it was <laughs> a bit of a sketch. It was like thirty minutes before it we nearly cancelled it, and then what? Well, I'll let you finish. I know, I know, but you'll be right, man. Like what? Um, what got got me through it was the fact there was a, the room full of people. St- Singing like I kind of made it obvious. I was like, didn't make it obvious. Um, I made it clear that I was like, look, I'm not 100 percent here, and it just kind of spurred everybody on to go, let's do this together. Then you know, uh-huh. like a room full of people just singing the words back, and that was pretty. It was <laughs> it was a bit of a roller coaster that day. Um, it must have been incredible for you guys from the crowd, because we were we were right at the the very back looking over the top. Ali and I were there. Um, it was insane because yeah. it wasn't just like. A Barrowlands karaoke. There was this real emotional weight behind it, where the crowd knew Aye. you were having a difficult time, and there was a, a genuine effort to support you. Yeah, no, but how many bands would get that? No, I think that's something special that I haven't even really witnessed at other gigs. Mm. Um, it was weird because I guess, like, you know, it's not something you would ever hope for or want because it was it was totally. it was really unpleasant. Uh, in the build-up to it, but um, weirdly, it, it sort of turned out to be one of those kind of, kind of special evenings where, yeah, it did feel like that in the room, didn't it? It was quite. It was. Uh, it was I mean, I only sang at Kiss gigs. I sang that night. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was pretty amazing. Um, I uh, cold days was like one of the things I'll never forget being in the room that night for that show. I guess it is bec- something that is just very real, wasn't it? Just that ev- everyone. Can, could relate to when somebody's throat's knackered or yeah. someone's struggling. It was just a deep that, thing. Yeah. Somebody having a difficult time. Yeah. You know, like, um, I just and, and I think it's cool for you guys. We've had chat. Um, do we have one of the things we do at the studio outside of the workshops and stuff and the, the form of the, the band? We have a kind of music club and we speak about music a bit more in depth. It's really starting up in earnest mm. uh, next year. But when we've been talking about music and talking about the sad, I think it's cool. Like that we've got this a, a group of young people that have just on their own discovered 
the side not getting really into it. What did you guys? You, how long have you? you uh, when did you form the band? How long ago was that? Um, well, we had like a band three years ago. Yeah, that didn't go well. But uh, that what, do, what do you enjoy, <laughs> what do you guys enjoy about playing together? I'd be interested to know. Just well, kind of like making something, I guess. Out of nothing, just like I. Yeah, yeah, and I like getting to do it like my pals and stuff. Yeah. Um, because I think it's quite good that I've managed to like find people that are into the same things I'm into. And yeah. I always kind of felt when like I still feel like um like kind of us against them kind of type thing. Where you you form this group with your pals and. I don't know where I was from. Was, we were kind of the outsiders in a wee way, mm. and everybody was into other things. But we had music that made us pals and brought us together. And it was like kind of like I will show them <laughs> kind of <laughs> type mentality, um, and I, I, I still have that. You know, like kind of like try to prove a point. You know what I mean? Like mm. um, that us against the world kind of type thing, which is pretty cool. But uh, I don't, and I don't think I don't think I'll ever lose that. I don't think you do lose that, do you? Unless you're selling out stadiums, you're like, well, the world's here. (laughs) (laughs) Selling out stadiums and just jumping on your jet (laughs) back across the Atlantic. Me against... (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that's... uh, It feels like you you guys have that because the the, the group that we have, the the crew, you guys are all pretty tight and then even within that tight group there's this band. I like that you know, like sitting here, and there's the two of you and the two of you, and you think, well, is this a conversation that you could have had at that age, Definitely. you know? Aye. And I think it's amazing just seeing the similarity there, like you're kind of feeling the same things, the same kind of music's on the table. Yeah. Um, it's like you know that the idea of that community, the thing that the band belongs to, and it belongs to the band. This is the extension of that, you know. Aye. Pretty amazing. Life kind of changes, but you're when it comes to stuff like this, the reason for doing it. And doesn't if you know what I mean, and that's proof. Like, don't with age gaps, probably like, what twenty years here or something like that. But the same reason that you like doing what you do is the same reason that we like doing what we do. Um, um, just that we're a bit old and decrepit now. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, um, I, I know you guys had some questions. Um, you had in mind. Yeah. Is there anything you want to ask the guys at this wee point? Um, what was like? What's like? Some of your like biggest musical inspirations, like bands and stuff. I'll you go first. That's a bit I'll funny. Go first, you want me to say Joshua Cadison <laughs> or something? Don't you? Just tell the truth. Joshua Cadison. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, I've no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you know the tune. Oh yeah, you know the tune. You know the tune. You do know that tune. Yeah. <laughs> I guess for for me, I when I was growing up. My my mum's like a music teacher, or was a music teacher, and I was surrounded by classical music, like for years, and it was sort of enforced, <laughs> forced upon me, and that's probably like the, that's the that's what I remember uh, the most from uh, growing up, and I was talking to, uh, to her the other day about it, because I've basically, from being a teenager, pushed classical music away <laughs> from that point on. Uh, and the other day there, I was like, I was chatting to him, going, maybe, maybe now that whatever you know, the age I'm at now, maybe now's the time to come back to. It. But yeah, in terms of when I actually moved away from 
having to listen to my mum's classical music and when I was eventually introduced to good alternative <laughs> music, um, bands like the Cocteau Twins, do you know them? I love that. They're from Grangemouth, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, Grangemouth's not amazing. And <laughs> actually, my mum my my also used to listen a lot to Kate Bush and Joni Mitchell, and so on. I would cite them both as big influences on me learning to play the piano and, and, and really getting into that and Bjork. Who else? I don't know, it's you. Well, me, uh, I. There wasn't really much music in my house. Well, there was. There were the Eagles, which uh, I'm not influenced by. Um, that was in my house as well. Was that yeah. everyone's house? <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. Eagles. <laughs> um, my mum really liked Elton John, and I'm not going to... I quite like some Elton John stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but my sister was really into music. She really liked Britpop and Oasis and stuff like that. And so I could hear that coming from her room next door. Um, and then I, I started to kind of listen to that, like, kind of when she wasn't there, go and steal her CDs and stuff like that. Um, but the first thing that really kind of happened to me was I, I think I was watching a programme, like, this is mental that you won't remember this, Top of the Pops. Do you know what Top of the Pops is? Yeah. Do you know what Top yeah. of the Pops is? Cool. Yeah, so they oh, do aye. that, yeah. Um, so the, that was on every Friday night, and um, I listened, um, the Manic Street Preachers came on it, and uh, I think the song was Designed for Life, and I was like, I, I, I don't know, something about it just kind of clicked with me. And the next day, we were, my mum and I were in a supermarket called William Lowe, which uh, basically turned into, it's basically what Tesco is now. Um, and I picked up the Manic Street Preachers Everything Must Go uh, CD and I put it underneath a loaf of bread so she wouldn't notice. Uh, got to the checkout, uh, she lifted the loaf of bread and she just kind of be bored taking it back, so she just <laughs> put it through. And then that, that was like, that was my favourite, still one of my favourite albums of all time. My first gig I ever went to was the Manix at the SECC. My sister bought me a ticket for my Christmas that year as well. Uh, so that was my earliest. That's and I, st I still love them. I think they're amazing um, and stuff and like the the Cure, which is a, a massive thing for us. Um, and Joy Division and New Order and Cocteau Twins, like Brent says. Like they grew up fifteen minutes from where I grew up, um, so th they should really—they're an amazing band. Um, but weirdly for us, a lot of the kind of things that has hit the, the stuff that we listened to when we were younger has came full, full circle. Like we, the Manix, we got to support the Manix and the Barrowlands, and I remember standing up the back with my sister, up the back they were playing that song "Design for Life" and just looking at her, going, "How did that happen? How did?" We go from there <laughs> to we're here now, you know, like, yeah. um, and the same kind of thing happened with the Cure gigs and stuff like that as well. Like just listening to the Cure, and then the, the next minute you're you're touring yeah. with them and stuff. And I had a, one of those moments at the, the the one of the first Cure gigs that we played, where I was sitting up the back of this giant stadium, and I, and they started playing Pyramids, uh, Pyramids song, uh, Plane Song. They covered Radiohead. <laughs> they covered Radiohead. <laughs> uh, they, they started playing uh, Plane Song, uh, and I just had that sort of weird, whoa, yeah. what, is, what is going on uh, moment, and yeah, that was that's something I'll, that's pretty never, special. I'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been some moments over the past five years that have just, because there was a point where we nearly had to call it a day we would have still made music and stuff like that together but not been able to do it as like as a job 
if you know what I mean. Um, but, and it went from rock bottom to then this kind of stuff happened. And I think the, the one thing that people can take away from our band, if you like the music or you don't like the music, is that we loved it that much, we weren't willing to give up on it. Yeah. And I think that was, to me, a moment of going, like, we were really low and things weren't going well for us. But the, the belief in what we did got us through it the next, got us through it, and then things like that started to happen. So I think that's one thing <laughs> like that I'm really proud of, is that if we are to set an example for anybody, um, which <laughs> there's not a lot of things that we will set an example for, but that especially is the one, that not giving up on it. If you love it, don't give up on it, I think. Like I think I've looked at a lot of other of the bands that we maybe said there as well. There's some horrendous things have happened to them, um, but they didn't. They loved it that much that they kept on going. And it doesn't matter how, like how, like if you're playing stadiums or you're playing in front of like I say a hundred people, like or fifty people, if you love it that much, you just can't really give up on it, and it's still worth doing, um, even if it's just you and your pal like doing it together. It's, it's, you're doing something like you said you're, you're creating something and, and nothing and that's yeah. to me that's the most exciting part of it is when you get that click of an idea and you're like whoa that's pretty cool um, might be cool just to you or like that's what I think every time I, we write a song like maybe it's just me that likes us but but I like it and that's what's important mm. um, and I think that's 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 something that I love I I'll take with me. I don't know where I'm not dying or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it with me. I like that advice though, you know. Um and I think it's even cooler, you know, a, a band that you that you you obviously like and you get to hear that chat. How does that make you feel as as young musicians starting out in your, your career in music? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be a lawyer now. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you relate to or that you think like, oh that sounds like kinda how I feel about being in a band? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's like it's like in if you it's it's kinda it's hard to hard to kinda put it into words sometimes as well. Like just uh, when you're in a moment of something's not going that well, you're like, how's it gonna how are we gonna how are we gonna get through it? But I think playing music is more than selling tickets and all that kind of stuff and I think that's I think that's the most important thing that, that if you're starting a band you've got to do it for the reason that you you love it more than like I said want to have loads of Instagram followers or something like, like I nearly swore there sorry <laughs> uh, stu- I, stuff that <laughs> and I think people can people can see that like people can see straight through it when, yeah. it, when, when there isn't that sort of genuine uh, genuine integrity with what you're doing and why you're doing it, um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that that's uh, the the reason that There's the no band point, has yeah. gone on for for so long is because we I think we've we're always clear about why we're why we're doing what we're doing. It's definitely not for the money anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a strength when you see bands like that um, that are playing and you know no matter the venue they would play in the same way. Yeah. Do you know if they were playing 
a tiny bar with no stage, yeah. or if they're playing the hydro or uh, stadiums yeah. or whatever, yeah. the performance is the same because it's real. Yeah, you know, it's not this contrived thing that's fabricated to fit. It's just them, yeah. and they just present it earnestly like that, and people know. You know, they they know when they see yeah. it if it's real or not. I no. think that's a good thing to keep with you. And like you were saying, like not every gig can be good. Like well, to your standards anyway. Like, not every gig is, can be the best moment of all time or anything like that. And you've got to kind of realise that quite quickly because, like, but what might not be good to you might be good to somebody that's watching you, you know? Like, like Brenda said, there's been, we, we just did a tour of Europe and some gigs were great, like, as in, like, um, attendance wise, and some were just all right. And, but I'm, I can look back and go, we put absolutely everything into every single one of those gigs. And even if things were going wrong and it wasn't, like, it wasn't the best gig we'd ever played, you, you still got to kind of, try to be the best you can because I, I don't know, I, I always think people have spent their, their hard earned money, they might be really skint like that, that that person that came at the gig that skipped school like, we're, that's it can't just be another gig for you you uh, know, yeah. like it's got to be you've got to be like, yeah it might not everything might not be go, going as well as you want it to be, but you've got to try your best because who knows who's going to be in that crowd uh, and, and how, do you, how do you, you might affect that person's life, <coughs> you know, like there's always something different, I guess, with each gig as well. I was chatting to a fan of the band uh, after a uh, Manchester gig, uh, a guy called Nicholas, and it was interesting. He'd been at the gig the night before, and he'd been at three or four at yeah, least uh, uh, in in Europe. And I was having this chat to him about how his experience changed from night to night versus like yeah. our own experience, and it, it was really interesting to to hear him say that it, each night felt different to him and felt like unique to him because that's what it's like for us yeah. and there was something really uh, interesting and nice to hear that you know he wasn't just turning up for the sake of going oh here's another gig it was yeah. each time he came along uh, he got something different from yeah, it yeah good, good to hear that we weren't like robotic either you know like yeah. here we are and <laughs> yeah. where are we <laughs> ah, what's that guy's name again yeah. uh, um, like it's, it is different everywhere you go and you've got to, uh, you've, to be honest you can go the other way can you it could, you could go right where am I tonight alright here we go here we go same yeah. old performance because there's people that do that but it, it can like, I just think that's the reason that we do this it just it, it can't ever be like that you know like there's no point in doing it if you're not excited about where like a different set of people every night you know like and and, I, and you remember being going to gigs when you're younger and just like oh, yeah. your expectation and your excitement about yeah. going to see a band like to not uh, to see somebody turn up and not really and just phone it in just phone it yeah. in yeah it would that, be devastating yeah that i just couldn't imagine doing that like that to me is I like yeah, I, I don't know. Have you got you guys been to many gigs? Like yeah. you've been to just that feeling of when the can I say the lights go down or something like that and then you see the band come on, you're like I still I still get that, you know. Um and from the other side of it, it's 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 pretty it's a it's a pretty weird feeling, but at the same time you try and put yourself into that. Yeah. That feeling of going like that first Manix gig where I was just like, What is gonna happen? Well, obviously we're going to play some songs, but um, <laughs> but just aye, that anticipation and um, I think that's pretty cool. I, I hope I, I don't think you should ever lose that. Have we got some more for you guys? I'm conscious, we're we're getting quite close to the end of the 
the pod, so I want to make sure we get them, get them in. And do you guys have any like pre-show rituals, kind of? I I used I used to do, but I used to have even more. Like I used to have uh, I used to wear <laughs> jeans that were tighter than these ones, um, and I used to always have to make sure that my Doc Martens labels were uh, tucked out of them. That was just something weird that I had, and then. There was something else. Uh, I do my warm-ups. I've got a warm-up because as I've got older, uh, like your your voice gets older as well. So um, and I've damaged it a few times. So I have to do my warm-ups. Um, I don't drink as much as I used to. There's a good. <laughs> uh, uh, don't do the drugs, kids. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't like it's it's. Yeah, I don't really do that before a gig anymore. Uh, I. There was something else I did. I'll let you go. What do you do? I have a very strict uh, routine where I go to the bathroom and then I fill my plastic cup with red wine so that I have measured that I have enough to sustain me for the entire gig. <laughs> Other than that, am I meant to say that? Maybe I'm not meant to say. <laughs> oh, it's too late now. Okay. <laughs> I also. Uh, I, I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't have any other. <laughs> I, I, I do have some weird, super, uh, like, um, some weird superstitious kind of stuff. I do. Do you? Yeah, I've. I don't, yeah. Secret thing. Secret. Um, but I also now make sure that my zip's up because there was one gig I played the whole gig with my zip down, <laughs> and because I've got in-ear monitors, I can't hear what anybody's saying to me apart from like what's coming in in the. Mike oh, and uh, yeah. the people were somebody in the front crowd going, "Your zip is undone. Your zip <laughs> is undone." And they all knew it, and they could have told me they didn't, so they just let me go. So I make sure it's my zip's up. <laughs> it was really fun seeing the pictures of that gig as well. Going, okay. We were trying to gesture with our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, the churches were on Joe's Holland, and they were playing the same night as the Pixies. And Doc had said that they walked past. They were going to go and look, and then just having a look to see. Pixies, all right, oh. um, and we're just sitting in the room listening to the Cure. Huh. I was like, that is the best pre-show ever. Well, like, actually, even if you're in the Pixies, you're just sitting listening to the Cure. Yeah, anyway. uh, I love that. We we do tend to listen to the Stone Roses quite a lot. Yeah, we listen like to before, before, before going on. Uh-huh. That's like hype music. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked that for you, man. That's crazy. Yeah, Andy. That's mainly that's Andy. Andy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good though. It's good hype music. Uh, yeah, man. I've never thought about it. It's hype music. <laughs> Eye of the Tiger? No, no, no. Waterfall by. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, I've definitely got some more, but I can't. I can't actually quite remember them now. But I'm quite. I, I've adapt my warm ups, my new my thing because I don't know. It gives you a wee bit of space before the gig as well. Because um, routines. Yeah. Yeah. Routines gonna. I steam my shirt. <laughs> I mean. Aye. Times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes grab a shirt and then potentially uh, ask to borrow James' steamer and then can never be asked. Right. So I just leave it. Yeah, we've changed. Was that the answer that you thought you might get? For it? <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, that's not what I'd have expected either. We can Certainly have, not. We kind of just have a laugh with each other before it as well, which is quite good. We like, there's don't. no, like, I go warm up for a wee bit. It takes like seven minutes or something like this seven minute warm up hang on my phone. But apart from that, we just sit and we we stand about and talk to each other and have a laugh. That's, I mean, I quite like that actually. I never thought about it till like thinking, what do we do before it? We like usually it's just the five years in the room and we'll just 
we just we'll take the we'll take the back at each other. <laughs> do you, know do you I mean? have any suggestions of what you think would be a good uh, pre sort of gig ritual? Because maybe open to suggestions. Open, open to suggestions <laughs> like the the, the huddle uh, hands. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen a lot of bands do that kind of stuff where they all hug each other and like kind of uh, do the whoa. Like imagine, thumb war? Uh, Can you imagine trying out. to suggest that? <laughs> Try to suggest that to our guitarist, Andy. Right, you ready? Andy? Oh, he'd be like, no. Nah. <laughs> um, I, mean, I think I would be like, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's just not us, to be honest. Like, it's like somebody was saying the other day, like after our gig last two weeks ago, I was, uh, I'm do, I'm on the floor like that, absolutely done in from playing. Our guitarist plays the last note and just chucks his guitar down and just walks up to you. But I'm like greeting and all that. And he's just like, right, done. <laughs> what do you do? I never see you at the end of the gig. Him and I both bolt. Arms like around like each other. We play too long these days. So <laughs> <laughs> Looked like a good show. Um, did you see the pictures for the Usher Hall gig that the guy's done? There's really good photographs online. I never made it through for the show, but a few of my friends were there. That yeah. is a venue, man. If yeah, you're going to if you're going to pack out somewhere, that is a place to do it. The photos looked. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about that before you guys arrive. Like the light show you guys have got currently, uh, it's pretty special. And it must have been amazing in there. Yeah, it's quite weird. You don't actually see the, what the the lights are when yeah. you're playing. Like, cause you think it's like, oh, it's going alright, but then you see the videos back, like, whoa. Somebody's like, aye, it's like a spaceship taking up or something. Yeah. Actually, we have quite a lot of lights just to make up for how ugly we are, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, we, we, we spend a, quite a bit of time sort of planning all of that, like particularly when we have a bigger room to fill. and mm -hmm. um, uh, Most of the time it is put us all in black so you can't see our faces, <laughs> uh, silhouettes. <laughs> but uh, I, the, I, I, had, I discovered... In the, that last run, that I need needed to add little lights to my uh, keyboard because the strobes were going so rage that uh, you couldn't can... see what was going on. It was like plunge me into dark. Uh, the the first night in London when we had the full lighting rig, it was like I I'd just been transported to, to somewhere else. And we blew up the PA that night oh, on yes, the last so song. <laughs> yeah, these are all things not to do. Really. <laughs> You should do a podcast of what not to do in our band. We'll be on every week. <laughs> Was that your your questions at an end? Is there anything else that you had? Um, I've got a few things on my phone, but yeah, so I make sure that we get we get we get your get your questions in for sure. Um, there was one song I was wondering about. Um, it's that summer at home I had to become the Invisible Boy. Mm -hmm. The lyric, um, the kids are on fire in the bedroom. And just wanted to know what that meant. Uh, that's the first song that I ever wrote in my life. Ever. Was it really? I wrote that when I was 21. So you've got a head start on me. Uh, I, I didn't actually know, like, growing up in the band with Andy, we were kind of, we we. we when we were like 15, 16 onwards till about 18, we did we were in, we did covers, just loads of covers. I think there was like a, quite a lot of Guns N' Roses covers in there. Amazing. <laughs> um, that's, uh, yeah, that's when I could sing quite high. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I, I, didn't, I, I didn't know what to write about and I'd never wrote a song and then Andy one day just went, look, you need, we want to do this as a band. We, want to, you don't want, we don't want to just sing Guns N' Roses all week. Uh, go and write a song or like, and I, it took me till I was 21 to have something to write about. And that was that, that song. Um, 
I'll not give away exactly what it is, but it's a metaphor. I didn't go and burn any kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, a lot of stuff that in the early days, what I did were like metaphors. So it's like the kids are on fire on the, in the bedroom, and um, is uh, how do I put this? It, it's uh, people with importance, like um, th- coming up with. Uh, See, like affecting your life without even thinking about it. If you know what I mean, like if you think somebody in a big business, the decision they could make today could affect so many people's lives. As in, uh, the, all their employees and their, with their job, they could be fired. Then it's a knock-on effect. So to me, it was childish, and the fact that we're in, all oh, kids are on fire in the bedroom. But it was a very personal thing. What was happening to me at that mm-hmm. present moment? Hopefully that makes sense. What what um, what do you think it like meant to you when you were listening to it? Because I, I always think that's interesting. I just thought like, you like certain kids on fire. <laughs> you like you like <laughs> just really You like that guy's weird. I hope he's not got a lighter with him. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Like a, a, a band, um, the, the lyrically, that's such a, a, a key part of the band. Because not every not every band is like that. Like it's just the melodies are cool or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the lyrics and really. Are quite significant in the band's armory, but um, I always prefer if I don't know, you know. Yeah, and you like yeah, to have your own thing, and it, it yeah. kind of belongs to you. Yeah. I think like Cocteau Twins is a band like yeah. that for me because it doesn't really make a lot of sense most <laughs> of the time. And then you're trying to figure out what she's actually saying, and yeah. I love that whatever I think it is belongs to, to you. And uh, you know, I Aye. like that. Although with the Cocteau Twins, it's so um, mental. Sometimes it's so obscure that a, a few times I've gone, like, "Wait a minute, I need to know <laughs> a couple of the words." And actually, when I when I went away and read a bunch of their lyrics, they're amazing and words that I, you know, I can still uh, take on the the meaning that 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 I take uh, from from reading it. But like, you know, having been able to not hear it when you're listening to. Uh, oh, it's pretty interesting. You kind of changed that for me a wee bit, and um, we were in Manchester, and that um, we were all staying in an apartment that we had on Heaven or Las Vegas, and you told me a lyric. Oh yeah. And I was like, uh, ruined it. Ah well, I you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it never occurred to me. Yeah. To figure it out before, it's just like, well, this is just that's, that's part of the song. Well, well, I think Liz Fraser was just so uh, probably still is a maybe but insecure with her writing because she was re- she felt like she was revealing too much of herself that, that that's part of her uh reasoning for sort of obscuring her voice then that that created the whole sound of the yeah the band the sort of ethereal sound and i think on an obvious level of the cocktail twins we'll wrap it up because that's time guys Thank you very much. Cheers for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot for coming down. Thanks for sitting on with the podcast as well, guys. So, James and Brendan, thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers. Merry Christmas. Yep. We say bye. <laughs> bye. 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 bye.